Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Hello there, darlings, and welcome to episode fabulous 40 of Soft Landing. Today, we are celebrating by learning about a material that can either make or break your renovation. This is a material that everyone loves to talk about, fall in love with, and search Pinterest for. But it might catch you by surprise how difficult it is when you're actually trying to select it and apply it in a space. It's so much more than just a backsplash. It's tile, ceramic, porcelain, glass, mosaic, and beyond. If you know the tricks to using this stuff, it will make your home look like a million dollars, and I'm going to spill all the secrets to keep it from actually costing a million dollars. By the time you are done with this episode, you will be tile savvy and able to select the perfect tile for your home. Having tile in a space can be like wearing a sequined outfit for a night out on the town. It really adds glimmer and shimmer to some otherwise utilitarian surfaces, but tile also has a deeply practical history to it. In fact, for many rooms, it's arguably essential for things like water protection and mold prevention, cleanability, and preventing slips and falls. The use of ancient glazed bricks dates all the way back to the 13th century BC in Mesopotamian temples, so to say the use of tile is tried and true is a bit of an understatement. It's so important to know the origins of the materials we use in our homes. We're often participating in traditions crafted hundreds, and in this case, thousands of years ago. It's so meaningful to bring this understanding into our design thinking because it allows appreciation for the elements we select to be incorporated into everything we do, and that in turn creates more joy in the design process. So thank you to our ancestors and ancient cultures for creating this incredibly versatile and beautiful building medium, without which spaces would look very different. Whether it's your kitchen, bathroom, mudroom, indoor pool area, or even the flooring of an entire home in warmer places like Florida and more tropical climates, any room that has a high moisture content in the air or direct access to a water source like a sink can benefit from using tile. We're going to go through all the different sizes, applications, and materials of the most common types of tile to help get you oriented in tile basics. The most common place I hear clients ask about tile is, of course, for a kitchen backsplash. All a backsplash really is, is tile that's applied to the wall. And this should be done anywhere you have a sink to literally make the splashing from the faucet use easier to wipe away. I have lived in plenty of rental units that try to dance around having a true tile backsplash by simply having the countertop wrap up the wall like a skateboard half pipe, usually somewhere between two to four inches, and then just having painted drywall above. 
If you're familiar with this installation, you may also be familiar with the heartache of trying to scrub dishwater residue off of a painted wall, which is much easier to do when there's a glossy tile to deflect dirt of all kinds with its armor-like finish. When used as flooring, because most tiles are finished with a non-porous glaze or seal, they can easily be cleaned with a mop and dried within minutes, preventing mold and mildew as opposed to other porous flooring choices like wood, which will slowly absorb moisture over time with prolonged exposure. It can also be instrumental in providing slip resistivity. Nobody wants to slip and fall in their own shower or bathroom, and the tile we choose plays a role in this. The best slip resistance is created with very small or mosaic tiles. While mosaic tiles are often thought of for their use as an artistic medium, sheets of single color square mosaic tiles are often used to line the floors of pools and showers, giving feet and shoes lots of texture to grip onto and minimizing large sections of smooth, slippery surface. To qualify as a mosaic, you'll be looking for a tile around one inch by one inch, or in my mind, the size of a Cheez-It cracker. In public spaces, there are often requirements for the use of mosaic tiles in certain wet areas to prevent falls, slips, and trips. And I say that just to really emphasize how this type of tile selection can play a major role in public safety, and this can translate into your home as well. If you're planning to renovate your bathroom and you're choosing a tile for the floor, it may be tempting to use a beautiful, high-end, large-scale, modern-looking floor tile, but this will create conditions that you may regret later, like the first time you take a shower and realize you can't let go of the wall. And most mosaics can easily be installed on walls and even ceilings if you're feeling really glamorous. The look of a bathroom or powder room that's coated on every surface with mosaic tiles is breathtaking and has that really high-end hotel vibe to it. Of course, it wouldn't be fair to talk about how freaking fantastic mosaics are without making you aware of some of their challenges too. So, firstly, mosaic tiles tend to be the most expensive tile size, and this is due mostly to the process required to install them. Even if the material they're made out of is relatively affordable, just the nature of having mosaic tiles will drive the cost up. Mosaic tiles typically come glued to a net backing, which allows the tile installer to place them in larger sections rather than laying them down one by one, but this still requires an incredible amount of time and skill, and we all know time equals money. Out of all the tiles you might attempt to do yourself, mosaic tiles would be the most advanced. And it's something I personally would recommend leaving to a trained professional. It'll just yield a better result. Secondly, all those tiny tiles require lots of grout lines. And while this is great for slip resistance, it can be a pain to keep all that grout clean. As I mentioned before, the tile itself is super wipeable and easy to clean. But grout, the cementitious compound used to seal and reinforce the gaps between tiles, is typically porous, and 
is a sneaky place for discoloration and gross stuff like dirt and mildew to collect. The more grout a tile requires, the more labor involved in its cleaning. Now you can get around this in one way by using epoxy grout, which is less porous than traditional cementitious grout. However, this is also a cost increase and it doesn't circumvent the problem completely. The real antidote for grout haters who still want the benefit of tile is to use a medium to large sized tile. More tile equals less grout. Larger tiles also tend to be less money from an installation standpoint because there are just fewer of them to install when you consider the surface area they cover. A single square foot could have one single tile or a hundred mosaic tiles and all the grout around them. Now, at a certain point, tiles can get so big that they're considered oversized and they become super laborious to install. They need multiple people to lift and place them. And these tiles, while extremely beautiful and needing very little grout, often reduce the slip resistivity benefits of most tiles, especially if you want the tile to have a smooth, shiny finish. So the happy medium often ends up being a tile that is in the six inch to three foot range. Any dimension in there can work. So 12 by 24 or 12 by 12 are super common, especially when it comes to flooring. In fact, the next time you're out and about in a public restroom, take a look at the tile sizes used throughout the space and note which ones you like and dislike. The largest size porcelain tiles I mentioned before can get really huge. We're talking closer to a four foot by eight foot giant sheet. You'll see these less on floors and more on walls and sometimes even used as countertops, but not in wet areas. They don't really make good counter surfaces where there's a sink involved for construction purposes. It can be challenging to cut a sink shape out of a giant tile without breaking the tile. So, okay, to review, when you're thinking about tile, size matters. You have to consider the sliding scale of slip resistivity to cleanability. The less cleaning detail you want, the larger the tile. The more slip resistance you want, the smaller the tile. Now let's talk about installation a little bit. When you're thinking about the installation of your tiles, this is really where you see the cost go up. As I mentioned before, cost can largely be driven by size, but it's also driven by how the tile is installed. You may have multiple tile colors or sizes that you want installed in a special, custom, beautiful pattern, and this can look absolutely stunning. For a more straightforward, <coughs> affordable approach, there are are set standard patterns that all tile installers know how to do. So there's monolithic, which is basically just a straight grid, one tile stacked on top of the next, everything aligned. Then there's brick or running bond, where each tile aligns with the middle of the one below it. And then there's herringbone, and that's where the tiles are installed at an offset angle in a V pattern. And of course, there's the choice to run any of these patterns, either horizontal or vertical, depending on the look you want. A great way to get what looks like a custom installation without the custom price tag is to find a tile that has a unique or special pattern within the tile itself. 
This can be as simple as a two-toned tile that's divided with a diagonal line or a ceramic tile with a unique geometric pattern stamped into it. However you choose to install the tile, even with the most skilled of tradespeople, there will be slight variations in the wall texture behind the tile, and how you choose to light the tile can either hide or highlight this. When installing a backsplash, it's common for there to be a linear light either along the underside of the upper cabinets or in the ceiling above the tile if you forego uppers, which is always my preferred route. But this typical light, when installed too close to the tile, will actually reveal every slight imperfection in the tile work. I've seen this happen a few times and it reminds me of when someone is telling a scary story around a campfire and they put a flashlight under their chin to make their face look super creepy. That's the look you can end up with only in tile. To prevent this, install the linear light away from the wall by at least 10 inches, ideally a foot, to give a more gentle glow to your gorgeous tiles. Here's another pitfall to steer clear of. Most tiles are fabricated overseas. It can actually be really difficult to find a tile that is made here in the USA. There are, of course, plenty of distributors that are local and national, but most of the tiles being sold are manufactured in Italy or Spain. So, when you're shopping for a tile, you want to ask whoever you're getting the tile from, whether it's Home Depot or your local tile store, if the quantity you need is in stock. If it is, great. If it isn't, you'll want to ask about lead time. This is how long it can take to make and ship additional tile once a distributor's stock is depleted, and this can likely be around two months if the factory is out of stock as well. Again, it's certainly possible your distributor will have the tile available and ready to go, but you want to track this item to prevent unforeseen delays. You will also want to make sure you or your contractor order around 10% more than you actually need. This is referred to as attic stock, and it serves a few purposes. One is that if a few tiles arrive to you cracked, broken, or damaged, you won't have to order more after the fact. And two, if you ever need to patch a section of the tile in the future, if it gets damaged after you install it, you'll have backups ready to go and they're made from the same batch, so color variations between new and old will be minimal and probably not visible. Okay, let's talk about the fun stuff now. Tile can be made of a lot of different materials, starting with what you've probably heard the most about, ceramic. Ceramic tiles are super affordable. They are made of soft-bodied clay and kiln-fired and typically glazed. One of the elements that makes ceramic tiles affordable is their ability to be easily cut on site due to their relatively soft texture. They are a lot less durable than their cousin porcelain tile, porcelain being a type of ceramic. Porcelain uses a denser, more durable clay. Porcelain tiles are exceptionally durable, but their exceptional durability does have a higher price tag associated with it, and they are difficult to cut on site, so they require special tools if you need to use half a tile to fill in that last little corner of your floor. 
both porcelain and ceramic can take on a variety of appearances from bright colors with glossy or matte finishes, beveled edges, crackled surfaces, elaborate decorative glazes and patterns, to even mimicking concrete and wood planks. Porcelain is the go-to tile for commercial projects and is particularly good for high traffic flooring, while ceramics are often best used for more decorative and lighter traffic applications. A classic example of a ceramic tile is a subway tile. This white, glossy, rectangular wall tile got its start protecting the walls of subway stations, but it's now a staple in both kitchen and bathroom design. Another example would be the iconic penny round tile, which you'll see used for its slip resistivity on the restroom floors of only the hippest restaurants in town. Then there's one of my favorites, glass tiles. The world of glass tiles is like shopping for jewelry, gorgeous, sparkly, and comes with a more substantial price tag. Some of the sleekest looking tiles are actually back-painted sheet glass tiles. This is an exceptionally glossy look that can match any color of paint and comes in a ton of shapes and sizes. You can also get the surface of the tile frosted or honed to give it a softer beach glass look. These glass tiles can also come with a foil, metallic, or mirror backing, which gives them a little bit of a disco ball vibe, but depending on the level of reflectivity, it can be very subtle and very chic. Then there are cast glass tiles, which create a swirled, almost stained glass look. And it's a common material for custom mosaic art pieces. You'll see them in pools and spas galore. You'll even see variations with shimmering metallics swirled in, which can be completely mesmerizing. One thing that's easy to overlook is the most upper echelon of tile is actually made from 100% real natural stone. There's nothing chicer than a bathroom floor made of black marble mosaic tiles with matching black marble subway tiles on the wall. If you have a stone slab counter, using a matching stone tile on the backsplash can bring a subtle modern twist that looks very elegant. Okay, let's talk about some of the more oddball materials that can, in fact, technically be tile. I have seen tiny stainless steel mosaic tiles used as a backsplash in kitchens for a very techie slash industrial look, but metal tiles in bronze or even blackened steel can bring an unexpected twist without losing warmth. Now, metal tiles are in fact metal, so depending on how they're treated, they're subject to wear and oxidation the same as metal hardware would be, so the wipeability factor goes down, but it's still better than painted drywall. And then there's the super quirky wood tile. These can be great for decorative delight moments and can actually be helpful with acoustics, but should not be used for wet areas like a traditional tile. And last but not least, they say God is in the details. And for me, that definitely includes grout color selection. I mentioned grout earlier, remember that stuff that holds everything together? Well, your job as acting as your own interior designer includes getting to choose what color the grout is. And trust me, there are more options than you might think. 
When selecting grout colors, you want to consider the color of the tile and the color of anything else in the room, like counters and cabinets. You may intentionally want to contrast the grout to the tile. Jet black grout with white subway tile looks very authentically turn of the century. Or you can aim to have the grout blend in with your tile. If you're doing a concrete look porcelain floor tile, getting the grout to be a similar shade of gray will help the floor feel more seamless. If you're super bold and extra quirky, like me, you might even consider letting your grout be a source of a color pop. Bright yellow or cobalt blue grouts with a light gray backpainted glass tile has depth and interest that is almost hypnotic and gives a very Memphis vibe, especially when that tile has a monolithic installation. Now, I've mentioned cost a couple of times, and what has come up that I think is interesting is to discuss what if you want to avoid using tile completely? Omitting tile from your renovation can be a money-saving strategy, but you have to dial down your expectations for the final product. So rather than having a custom-looking spa-like bathroom, you'll have a fiberglass set-in tub-shower combo, which is super cleanable and very affordable to have installed. If you want to avoid using tile for your backsplash, you can consider using a single piece of backpainted glass. This will give you all the sparkle and maybe only one or two grout seams, depending on the size of your kitchen. This will give you all the sparkle of backpainted glass tile with maybe only one or two grout seams, depending on the size of your kitchen. You can take this approach with other materials too, like stone, solid surface, linoleum, or quartzite. Choosing to go with a solid backsplash rather than a tile is extremely cleanable. You can get it all down in one wipe. There's really barely any grout to work with, but this look is definitely super modern, so you'll want to factor that into your overall aesthetic story before making the final decision. And just one last word on tile. The world of tile is big. I mean, really huge. And it can be overwhelming figuring out where to look and how to get started. Tile selection is a great reason to schedule a quick consultation session with an interior designer. They can walk you through your options and help you make a selection that meets your needs in no time. Well, I think that covers it for Tile Basics. If you have any questions about tile, send me a message on Instagram at softlandingpodcast. I can talk about tile all day, so I'd love to hear your questions. And as always, thank you so much for joining me today. You guys are seriously the best. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you in the next episode. 